Blog Talk Radio. Yes, it's time. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Alpha Show. And thank you for joining me at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. After all of the smoke is cleared, here's where we are in our political arena. Oh, by the way, 929-477-2867 is the number if you care to express your opinion, reject, or counter my opinion. But uh, either way it goes, that's the number you call in on. And that's um, where we can have a civil conversation. Release the memo has been the battle cry. All week long for two weeks now and um, just <laughs> just damn because what in effect you're seeing is Donald Trump's move to nullify whatever whatever prosecutor Mueller finds they will have a full court press about illegitimacy. And you see, that is the danger. That is the danger of not speaking truth to the power, of using the the truth to explain it to the people. You know, this week we've had a some elected official called Democrats and liberals treasonous, traitors. As the traitor sits in the Oval Office, as the traitor are the satellites, the um, surrogates who handle Donald Trump's business, who come out and lie for him like a, like a tsunami who have created things like alternate facts. Now, his inauguration crowd was the biggest ever. Believe me, it's the biggest ever. You know, and after a whole 
full three years of this man lying to everyone and pointing the finger at everyone and using the old admit nothing, deny everything, and accuse everyone of what you're guilty of. He seems to continue to get away with it. I want you to thank the media for that because it's the media who questions the Democrats, who questions the government shutdown, and it's the media who goes both sides do it. And that's by design. That's what the political landscape seems to be regurgitating. If you continue to allow them to frame the narrative, you can't win the messaging. You will never win the messaging. For them now to come out with this rewrite of uh, this memo, as they call it, released the memo, trended 10 to 1 on the, on the sites, the Russian troll farms, on Fox News, released the memo. This is where they got it from, on Breitbart, on Drudge, on right-wing talk. They're taking their cues from Vladimir Putin. And the Democrats are too cowardly to call this the Russian party, the Kremlin puppets, Putin's bitches. And that's what needs to take. You have to take the gloves off and fight these people tooth and nail. Fight them as half as half as hard as they're fighting you. And you can't lose because you have the truth. And the truth may not be acceptable in their world. But after a while, just like this memo is going to be exposed, the Democrats believe that they're going to be able to put their memo out in a week. They won't. They won't allow it because it destroys their narrative. And they'll have a week, two weeks, to drill this into the dense little heads of the American voters that somehow the FBI did something wrong in getting the FISA warrant to spy on Carter Page, the Russian operative. And that's what it's all about. Because they didn't reveal to the judges that Democrats paid for the Fusion GPS, well, let's see. They were looking at Carter Page long before that. And as they were looking at Carter Page, four different judges proved this Pfizer warrant. But that's not what you hear coming from the media. The, the mere fact that four different judges approved this Pfizer warrant says very, very little or has very, very little to do with the authenticity of facts of the Steele dossier. It has nothing to do with it. Their bias against Trump. The FBI has always been a bastion for right wing 
conservatives. Remember, they used to be the party of law and order, law enforcement. Well, they're also the party of the intelligence community. And they're also the party of party over country. As you have a lying, illegitimate traitor sitting before a press saying how embarrassing and how shameful and how ridiculous this is. All he's doing is pointing the fingers, accusing you of what he's doing. And the inability of Democrats to pick that up, to me, it's mind-blowing. To me, it says a great deal about exactly who we are talking about. Or better yet, it always offers me one very quick retort is, what the fuck you think? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. And I don't care how many times you see them, how many times they come before a camera, be it on CNN or MSNBC, and how many times they come in and they tell a lie, they always invite them back. They always invite them back. That disturbs me. (laughs) And I say it like that because it stirs me to a point of there simply aren't enough Democrats willing to invest their time to push a message, to push back on the lie. There are not enough Democrats to invest their time. Oh, we've um, we've got a few who will. Auntie Maxine, Maxine Waters <laughs> is uh, is all over it, and yet as they try to hunt her down, but she reclaims her time every time. She will not be dissuaded. She will not be stopped. John Lewis, he called the president illegitimate early. And he hasn't repeated it, nor have I ever seen him on another broadcast in front of another camera or a microphone to say anything, to say anything. That's why the truth must be spoken more than once. And if you can't speak it more than once, shut the hell up. Just shut up because you do no one any good by tiptoeing. You can you can say what you want, but if you're tiptoeing, it's not going to work. Yes, it's the Republicans stupid, and Democrats are afraid to tell the people that it is the Republican. You gather facts, and you basically put it into the into the lexicon of the American people. You you make it part of the conversation. Let's allow the truth to be part of the conversation. You can't you can't go wrong. The only way you can go wrong is to allow the lie to be repeated and you don't repeat the truth at the same level. Nauseating, you're damn right. You have to be nauseating for people to get the 
the bottom line. It come, it's also come to my attention that um, we've um, been sitting around watching this president violate the law. The Russian sanctions were supposed to go into effect this past Thursday, Wednesday, something to that effect. Instead, what happened? The Russians came to visit. Even Russians who were outlawed from coming into the country due to the sanctions were invited in by the Secretary of State Tillerson. You know, Mr. Exxon, Mr. Deal with Russia, oil deal with Russia, who Trump made the Secretary of State. Mr. I gain, I stand to gain $19 billion if I don't allow these sanctions to go through for Rex Tillerson. These new sanctions are not just on Russia, they're on the oligarchs in Russia. And Trump knows if the oligarchs are sanctioned, he won't make any money. This has got to come out. They are now trying to dictate whether or not Trump will testify and all Mueller has to do is subpoena him before a grand jury. He very well may go in and take the fifth, fine. But it won't help him. There's a big question of whether or not the president can be indicted while he's in office. But here's a bigger question. Will Republicans ever call to the floor articles of impeachment with Paul Ryan? Hell no. Or should I say, hell to the no, no. They will never call him to impeach him. That's why Democrats should be campaigning for 2018. We need the House and we need the Senate. Campaign on the pledge of impeachment and campaign on the pledge of reversing these tax giveaways, the 1.5 trillion debt giveaways to the rich that represent the bulk of the tax money, where the tax money is going. There was a State of the Union address by this clown, this, this grifter that we call, many call their president. And, you know, it wouldn't be so sad if it weren't so easily debunked. And when I say easily debunked, there are facts and then there are facts. These are of his nonsense, his claims. He goes before the nation. He has a captive audience. But... He goes before the nation and he lies. Um, how do you get to that point? Not only does he lie about it, but there seems to be singular pushback. One person might speak out and that's it. He reaches 
58 million or whatever the hell the number was, but he was fifth in the total um, viewership. But he says he was number one. But he was fifth. He was behind the preceding four presidents. And these are some of the facts. Since the election, we have created 2.4 million new jobs. Congratulations, President Trump. That happens to be the worst job creation since 2010. After years and years of wage stagnation, we are finally seeing rising wages. Well, over the last year, after adjusting for inflation, the average worker in America saw a wage increase of, are you ready for this? Four cents an hour. But wait, it gets worse. Over the last quarter, average workers saw their real earnings actually go down by $8 a week. The stock market has smashed one record after another, gaining $8 trillion and more in value. Great news for Americans. 401k, retirement, pension, and college savings accounts. Yeah, that's great for Trump and the top 10% of Americans who own most stocks. But the rest of America is still waiting for that to trickle down. Our massive tax cuts provide tremendous relief for the middle class and small business. 83% of the benefits in the tax bill go to the top 1%, and it also raises taxes on 92 million middle class families by the end of the decade. That's great for the Koch brothers and their billionaire friends, not so great for the middle class and working families. We slashed the business tax rate from 35% all the way down to 21% so American companies can compete and win against anyone else in the world. These changes alone are estimated to increase average family income by more than $4,000. $4,000? The only economists who believe that work for Donald Trump. Since we passed tax cuts, Roughly 3 million workers have already gotten tax cut bonuses, many of them thousands and thousands of dollars per worker. Well, what he forgets to mention is that only 2% of Americans report receiving a raise or a bonus because of this tax bill, while companies like Harley-Davidson, Pfizer, Walmart, AT&T, General Electric, Carrier, and Comcast have laid off tens of thousands of workers. America has also finally turned the page on decades of unfair trade deals that sacrificed our prosperity and shipped away our companies, our jobs, and our wealth. Trump's own Labor Department has certified that over 100,000 American workers have lost their jobs due to outsourcing or unfair trade competition since Trump was elected. Meanwhile, our trade deficit with China and Mexico has gone up by tens of billions of dollars under Trump. Many car companies are now building and expanding plants in the United States, something we haven't seen for decades. Since Trump took office, we have lost 5,200 jobs in auto manufacturing, and nearly 300,000 fewer cars have been sold in the United States. One of my greatest priorities is to reduce the price of prescription drugs. Trump has done absolutely nothing to stand up to the greed of the pharmaceutical industry, and millions of Americans are paying the price. He just appointed Alex Aza, a former executive of the Eli Lilly Company, who tripled the price of insulin to head up the Department of Health and Human Services. Tonight, I'm calling on Congress to produce a bill that generates at least $1.5 trillion for the new infrastructure investment that our country so desperately needs. 
The reality is that Trump wants to sell our nation's highways, bridges, and other vital infrastructure to Wall Street, wealthy campaign contributors, even foreign governments. And only $200 billion of that $1.5 trillion would come from the federal government. The rest of that money will likely come from American commuters and homeowners through outrageous tolls and sky-high fees. To everyone still recovering in Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands, everywhere. We are with you, we love you, and we always will pull through together. Always. At least a third of Puerto Rico still lacks electricity months after the hurricane. And FEMA is planning to end food and water aid as it transitions to a new phase of recovery. That is a disgrace. We have ended the war on American energy, and we have ended the war on beautiful, clean coal. The idea of clean coal is an oxymoron. That's a talking point created by the fossil fuel industry to prevent us from moving to clean energy. There you go. That's the fact check on his claims, his assertions at the State of the Union uh, speech. And that's all it was, was a speech. Look, you have to you have to have some semblance of reality. Check yourself. If somehow you believe that this man is telling you the truth about what he has accomplished, his achievements, all you have to do is go back and look at the thousands of lies he's told since he's been in office and just before he went into office. If you don't think that this can somehow change, you need to understand. You need to really just give me a call. We're going to talk about it. I'm civil. You don't have to be afraid. 929-477-2867. Just call it in. Don't be afraid. Tell me what you really think. I, uh, I've often wondered why people won't seize upon that opportunity to at least say something. At least say something. Don't just don't just leave it out there. Especially if you have an opinion. Oh, um, Mr. Griffin, Paul Ryan is not second in line. Paul Ryan is the Speaker of the House. That would be the Vice President, who is second in line. Paul Ryan is the Speaker of the House. He is the reason that impeachment will never hit the floor. Articles of impeachment will never be put forth in the House of Representatives, controlled by a Republican against the Republican president. It's that simple. Flip the House, and we can talk about it. And not even then will impeachment be anything other than just a word. Impeachment simply means for him to come out of office 
the Senate, you have to get 67 votes in the Senate. And we know that's not going to happen. So it's not enough and it's not going to happen. But beat that horse until it dies. If it's not dead yet, beat that horse. Obstruction of justice, conspiracy against America, treason, give it a name. Give me a reason. Constructive? Absolutely. It's very constructive. When you get right down to it, and I speak to Mr. Griffin, he is in my chat room, and he posted Paul Ryan is second in line. No, he's third. How is impeachment constructive? And sometimes I often wonder about how people how people think but it is what it is give me a better a better view a better opinion give me something other than something that's partially wrong Help me out here. 929-477-2867. I even posted the number in the chat room. So feel free to give us a call. Just feel free. Yes, Mr. Griffin. Nine two nine four seven seven two eight six seven is the number. I don't mind talking to you. I'm sure we can be civil. I'm positive. Just press one, so I can see that your hand is up, and we can have that conversation very, very easily. Until um. I get that signal. I'll move on. We have, um, there were six police officers here in Chicago arrested by the federal authority. Um, And those six officers are facing serious charges. They, and what I like about this is that they have them on surveillance tape and the whole nine yards, and uh, the union has nothing better to do. They throw them right, on, right straight under the bus, rolled right over. I mean, here's that story. America Sergeant, breaking news now. Explosive allegations against some Chicago police officers. Sources tell CBS2 they were captured on camera stealing money and drugs. CBS2's Suzanne LeMignot with more now on the troubling investigation. Sources say the officers are assigned here at 51st and Wentworth. At least five to seven are involved. They're all members of the Area Central Gang Unit. Sources tell us the FBI conducted at least three sting operations in the past year. The officers allegedly took money and drugs from a drug dealer. Sources also say the incidents were captured on surveillance and federal search warrants were carried out on the officers' homes. 
CBS2 legal analyst Irv Miller spoke to us via FaceTime. If there were search warrants, they're looking for uh, some proceeds, cash laying around. On one occasion, sources say the team of tactical officers took nearly $20,000 from a drug dealer. What they're probably doing now is interrogating these officers, trying to find out if there's other officers involved. That basically, they're saying to these officers, hey, listen, you want to cooperate with us or do you want to take the fall by yourself? In a statement, a Chicago police spokesperson told us integrity and accountability are paramount to the Chicago Police Department. To that end, we cannot comment on any investigation, internal or otherwise, until or unless criminal charges are filed. Well, sources say the officers were taken in for questioning yesterday afternoon and all have been stripped of their police powers, even members of the team not involved. As the investigation continues, Erica. So how soon might we see charges in this case? Well, charges could come anywhere from 24 to 48 hours, Erica. Usually the feds, according to Irv Miller, our analyst, he says usually they take about 24 hours, but sometimes up to 48. All right, Suzanne. That's just here in Chicago. Now, Baltimore has a similar case uh, going on. Uh, and how many of these cities have we found that uh, there are officers with the same bias that Republicans are so whiny about? All of this FBI agent, he, he didn't like Trump, although FBI and the Justice Department are full of Trump lovers. That's Rudy Giuliani. Uh, I see I got two numbers here on my board and nobody's pressed one so I can see that they're ready to uh, to speak. Okay, there you go. Well, let me go. 757, thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to TruthWorks Network. Uh, yes, sir. Hello. I was away for a minute uh, doing a few tasks and you were talking about Trump. My only question wasn't to be adversarial. It was to get to explain why you thought removing Trump to impeachment would advance the situation any better, not knowing what the outcome of the 2018 election is going to be. So I'm trying to figure how is it going to be better to have possibly Pence as a president with Paul Ryan as a vice president, and I know that other there are other situations that can be Ryan, not be VP, but let's just say that those two move up. How is it beneficial for us when the GOP, and here, here's my position, I think Grover Norquist made it very plain in 2012. They made the decision over whether or not they were going to go with John McCain or to, to – uh, the, the other candidate was running. Grover Norquist made a claim. He said John McCain wanted if he if if they had backed him, he had his own agenda. What they wanted was someone who could hold a pen and sign a document because they didn't need a furious leader. They already have the Ryan McConnell plan: cut taxes, cut the social network, and get the country on to greatness. Now here we are, five years later. And what we have is a trinket, a knucklehead as the president who has no clue how government works, but the same agenda that the GOP has had for the last eight years when they said they were going to stop Obama is exactly what's being implemented. There's nothing new about the GOP agenda. 
As a matter of fact, what they did was increase the tax break once they got Mercer and Coke behind them. So I'm just wondering how, how you know, how do you think that's advancing it? That's all I was asking. And I do like your show. Well, I'll mute myself. Well, first of all, Mer- no, no, you, I, you, you can, we can, we can go back and forth. It's no problem. Mercer and Coke has always been there. Mercer and Coke has bankrolled the Republican Party for the last ten years. The eighty-five think tanks that the Koch brothers fund, own, or however you want to put it, all the way from Alec all the way down to the Heritage Foundation. I've been driving sir, the, and framing the narrative for 18 years. Sir, the, with, with all yeah, due respect, I, I've, I've been following you, and trust me, I, I push that, and I agree with you 100%. I, I keep telling people that through ALEC, through uh, American Enterprise Institute, yes. the Heritage Foundation, all of that, I understand how the Koch brothers work. I was in construction and actually worked around some people that, that uh, were fairly up in their organization. What I'm saying is, how does that materially do anything good for Democrats when basically they push progressives out so the Democrats are in control really aren't for the for for the common American? I want to understand how does that make it any better for the Democratic Party? I know the history well, of Alex yeah. Koch brothers, the 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 uh, Lewis Powell Manifesto, all of that. As a matter of fact, we're probably, we may be close to the same age. I'm 64, and I've been fairly involved in politics since the 60s. So well, I'm trying to I'm figure a, out I'm how 65. is it going to improve Democrats when they can't seem to coalesce around anything. The, the removal of a Donald Trump is really not going to happen. My point is simply this. Impeaching him in a house that is controlled by the Democratic Party. The lead up to the 2018 election has to be based on impeaching this clown and repealing this tax break. And neither one of them can happen until we take back both the Senate and the president. But if you don't if you don't step out there, if you don't begin this process, nothing will happen. Look at what look at what's going on now. Do you think a Mike Pence is more dangerous than a Donald Trump? And I say that because Pence at least understands normal. Oh, he oh, is hold on. a carcinogen. Sir, sir. He is a carcinogen. Look, he is a carcinogen, but do you do you know who actually headed up the demise of Katrina and implementing uh, uh, just about everything that went on, decimating the New Orleans school system? The Heritage Foundation sent Mike Pence to right. head up that whole thing. So Mike Pence yeah, is no is is no uh, friend of anybody. But here's my other point. With the damage that's already been done, with the federal judges that are going in, I, I'm 64. I don't expect to live long enough to see the tide turned on this. I think moves should be made to start it. But I can tell you from watching politics from the 1964, 65 until now, 
it's going to take at least 18 to 25 years to undo just the damage that has been done because judges are lifelong appointments, federal judges. You've already got the Supreme Court flipped. Probably within the next three years, if Trump stays in until eight, you can look at another one to three justices being flipped. And you're not going to have the liberal judges we had during the third grid Marshall period or even uh, the the 60s and 70s and 80s. You're going to have constructionists. So so I'm saying to you, and here's another one, with the convention of the states and the the way that that, uh, they're asking for a convention of states, they've already decimated labor boards. They've already completely, that's why we have an Uber and a Lyft in some kind of gig economy where people have no rights. National Labor Labor Relations Board has been decimated. They're doing away, Trump alone is doing away with the, the few financial regulations that they could slip in after supposedly Democrat Clinton was the one who did the Republican agenda and did away with Dodd-Frank. So I'm saying to you, this is, you're looking at, probably 20 to 30 years for a concerted effort to turn around what it took 40 years for the for the Republicans to undo. You're right. You're absolutely right. And like you said, you have to start somewhere. You must you must start in a in a situation where you take the Democratic Party and you drag it back to the left because right now the Democratic Party has gone over the line from center left to center right. And if you don't start somewhere, if you don't infiltrate and purge the Dinos, the Wall Street Democrats, you are going to have this problem for decades. And that's my whole point. Getting rid of Trump is simply getting rid of the head grifter, the the, the, the carnival barker who so many people follow at will. Mike Pence's Rating in Indiana when he left was in the 30s. Mike Pence will never be reelected. Donald Trump could very easily be reelected because he lies in a drop of a hat without reservation. And just like I played that montage of his State of the Union lies and the fact checkers push back yeah. on it, you know, that's the simple thing. If the media, well, they see, won't that, because they're the corporate media. That's that's the one place we diverge at because I'm saying to you, when I look at what's been going on in the last year alone, 53 percent of white women voted for him when all of us when when all of America kept saying it was post racial and Trump couldn't barely win. I thank God for digital tracking. You can go to my Facebook page from the time he came down the escalator. I was telling people that took a lot of slack. I called a coon and all kinds of stuff because I'm from the South. I'm from Yorktown, Virginia. I told him, look, I know white people. I travel all over this country doing HUD projects, dealing with them. I know how they work. They'll tell you that they're cool on the job, but when they get in a booth, they're going to vote for their pocketbook and they're going to vote to keep Negroes (laughs) out of their neighborhood. And I don't have no problem being honest with that and being real about it. But here's the other thing I'm saying. You seem to think that Pence is better, and I'm saying to you, no. No. Actually, Pence is worse because here's what Pence is going to do. Pence is going to do exactly what they've done 
throughout the Midwest. He and Devos, for at least 30 years, have been decimating school systems and pushing this along with Bush, which is no, no child left behind. How to get public funds into private education so they no longer have to keep fighting this battle about integrated schools. This is nothing new. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, the Citadel and all of these uh, religious-based schools and preparatory colleges, all of that came from the root of Virginia, Alabama, Georgia. I know it firsthand. And they have even traveled around the country as an adult working on some of these places because I, I knew people in that business. But what I'm saying to you is, this is not something that's going to get turned back, and none of the people, when you say that it's, it's Trump, this has never been about Trump. Every one of those uh, Republicans knew about Trump since the bankruptcy of New York City. Trump has always been exactly what's happening in this country, branding and advertising and marketing. He's never had any intelligence. His name sold and Wall Street got behind him because it was profitable. As a matter of fact, what we're experiencing now with him as a president is a result of Wall Street cutting him off, and he had to go to the Russians, the Saudis, and the Greeks to make any to get any any backing to borrow any money. That's part of the problem. And, and they all what know you, what exactly you see. where they know where the they know exactly what his problem is and where it lies. That's exactly why the GOP is trying to cover up. Sessions, who, and uh, matter of fact, Stephen Miller, who, who is, is, is an advisor for Trump, was Sessions' aide. This is nothing new. So, right. And they know exactly where the bodies lie. They know exactly what, he, what was done during the campaign and during the transition team. Mike Pence went on air and told uh, what's the black guy's name that, that uh, interviewed him? Sit there on a Sunday morning and told the man that the first he heard of Flynn's lie was on the news. That's not true. Mike Pence headed the, the transition team. He hired Flynn. He hired Flynn, so, so, and they and he so, was on. They they they're all lying. My, my point, point is, my particular lying point is, to. They're lying to protect their interests. As a matter of fact, when you talk about Mercer, uh, Mercer and his daughter were not on that Trump team until the Bannon, they, they convinced the Trump uh, uh, campaign. That's why Manafort ended up being put out. Mercer and Rebecca are hands-on and uh, like to be in control. The daughter is is the one that's really supposedly be a micromanager. They didn't agree to put money and their their uh, analytical uh, Renaissance. Uh, I can't even think of the name. Of it. Renaissance something is is the uh, trading company they use to to uh, to right. game the stock market, supercomputers, and all that. They they didn't agree to back Trump, push him over the edge until he agreed to let Bannon and Miller come on board so they would have somebody inside that they could talk to and circumvent the the legal system or the political system. And only thing only thing only reason things fell apart is when Bannon went against their instructions and he ended up having to leave his advisor because he couldn't do the things he could 
he was he wanted to do on the public payroll. As a private citizen, he can go around and connect all these these uh, fifty cities just like he did with Breitbart. But he couldn't do that on the public dole under the umbrella of the White House. So Bannon is still intricately involved with that. And I don't disagree with you of all you said. My point in getting rid of Donald Trump is the head of the snake. Mike Pence will be the second head of the snake. Pence could very easily fall with Trump. There you have the Speaker of the House becoming the president. And the Speaker of the House can be changed in ten and eight months, nine months, by simply flipping the house. And if you don't campaign to reverse these tax cuts and to impeach this president, the Mueller investigation it, should be okay. done and will come down very soon in a couple of months from what our pundits say. But uh between the money laundering, the conspiracy, it's not collusion, it's conspiracy against America. If you've got the Trump surrogates firing, and that's what Mike Flynn and Gates and Papadopoulos are putting in place. This man is a traitor. And if he's a traitor, Pence is a traitor, because Pence was head of the transition team. Whatever Trump knows, Pence knows and knew. And the protection of this president seems to be all Republicans care about. That's why it's important to get rid of Donald Trump. And it's a long shot. I I agree with you 100%. They will never bring articles of impeachment to the floor. And And if Democrats take control of the House, They'll bring the impeachment just like they impeach Clinton. It didn't stop anything. It didn't change anything. But at some uh, point, uh, all right, can, can, if you get I him out of office. Can I ask you oh, something yeah. else? Uh, I oh, yeah. had a conversation called in a couple of weeks ago talking with uh, Cynthia McKinney. Here's what I want to know. What, what event do we expect to happen that Democrats are going to get United enough to even be able to flip the house. This is what I'm concerned with. I don't think that Democrats are coordinated enough. Look who they who look who look who they trotted out in an effort, I guess, to maybe bring some younger people into the fold. Joe Kennedy. Joe Kennedy is nothing but a, a stooge for a big farmer. What what is what is he going to do he, to advance? He's another cause? he's another Dino. He's another exactly. Dino. I mean, he he's as bad as as uh he's worse than Cory Booker because at least Cory Booker is trying to obtain some wealth. He 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 was born into wealth, and and had I don't see any what what I'm trying to say is look at uh Doug Jones. Doug Jones won because he what was a federal prosecutor that prosecuted some rednecks that should have been put under the jail or, or shot when they, when they first well, committed the crime. So he earned... Well, don't, he leave, out a, uh, that, uh, his, don't leave out the fact that his opponent was a pedophile. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying. And they, he, and they, he barely, and he barely won. After, 
He barely won as a civil rights hero, but I even I, I'm a numbers guy, so I even argue about that when the scenario. And I've had a few black uh, uh, females in the in this uh, BLM movement get a little upset with me because I tell them if you actually sit down and look at the numbers down there in that campaign, three percent of white people, something like thirty thirty six percent of white men, thirty two percent of white women, uh, voted for. The, uh, what's his name, Moore versus Jones. Black women and something like 92% of black men because they had a higher turnout of blacks. Uh, Jones wins. But what they don't tell you is in each group of the the whites, men and women, 3% of them did write-ins. If you do the math, you'll find out. Had the 3% who couldn't vote for the pervert but didn't want Jones. Had they voted for the pervert, he'd have won. He'd have won. You're right. right. I know 6% of uh, exactly I'm trying to tell you. I, there's no question about it. it what, what's so strange is when you look at it, the categories were broke up. The, 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 black, the black male and female was about a third, if you just do roughly, and the whites had 66%. Percent of the whites couldn't vote for the pervert, so the race ends up being flipped for Doug Jones. But what did Doug Jones do? He told you as soon as that that uh, race was certified by the state election uh, uh, head, what did he say? I think I can find some ground to work across the aisle. He went right well, that's back what to the southern that's what they, So that's, that's what all, so that's that's what all the mean. Democrats are here. That's exactly. what all the Democrats are here. Nothing is a win right now. Nothing, nothing is a win right now. Nothing will seem to be a win right now because of the environment. When you get right down to it, you're right. It's going to take a decade or so. The, the uh, voter ID disenfranchised is going to take over a decade to reverse. You see, the silence of not pushing back, the silence of not messaging will have well, a lasting effect. Now, and you and I may never that. see it. Now you say that, and here's my other point. And, and the reason I say this, because I followed Alex, and I don't want to eat up all the time with what ended up happening. Basically, I really got deep into trying to figure this out behind having a back injury in 1989 when George Bush was the governor of Texas. He changed tort laws and cost me from a 200 dollars back injury to a settlement under under $80,000 because he changed the limits on tort and made them retroactive. So that meant I spent a lot of time in, in court, and I end up in a Texas courtroom in Dallas now. So, so since I was injured, I get there early. I happened to be sitting there when a major case was going on, and that's when I heard this name, Alec. Alec, I kept thinking they were talking about a person. So I go over to SMU Law Library, Asked the lady about helping me find out who this Alec is that's involved in this case. And she goes, oh, no, that's the American Legislative, Legislative Exchange Council. Then I find out that's basically a shadow government. That's corporate entities and lobbyists that write bills for our legislation. I know you already know all that. So, But then here's what happens. Find that out. Then I figure out what the game is. That's exactly why you got, what, 28, 29, or maybe 30 state legislatures run by the GOP 
they're changing laws to stop you from doing right to work. If they get it flipped uh, nationally, the few remaining states that are not right to work will have to flip the right to work to come into compliance with federal law. These people are covering every angle. And here's the strange part. If you read the Lewis Powell Manifesto, it is a blueprint for exactly what's unfolded since 1971, the year I came out of high school. I mean, this is when you you tell people that I tell to scholars about this and they tell me, oh, it ain't that simple. You know, how can you tell me it ain't that simple? And I'm sitting here looking at it. I mean, I didn't dream this up. You can read that Lewis Powell Manifesto. It's not in their best interest. And you matter of fact, their best interest for you to know. Pardon me? It's not in their best interest for you to know. So, of course, they're going to try to shoot it down. Oh, exactly. That's that's another reason I get upset with the talented tent that Martin Luther King was so concerned with because I I see a lot of uh, smart, intelligent black people in academia, and I ain't going to call their name because they're from the Ivy League schools right on down to the HBCUs that are very intelligent and have a lot of knowledge. But they know what to leave out so they can still get that paycheck when they go on MSNBC or wherever it is they're going. Because I've had conversations with them, and they won't even acknowledge that the 13th Amendment has an exception clause that basically undergirds the whole mass incarceration private prison complex. There's nothing new about what's going on and why you get to incarcerate people and treat them like slaves. As a matter of fact, I put up in a dispute, I put up from a uh, 2006 C-SPAN video about the lawsuit on reparations where they compiled, what, 13, 14 uh, cases, and it was in Chicago. And I put that up to try to get people to understand. The the judges that are hearing this, they know that there's enough evidence to support reparations for black people because Bill Clinton really messed it up when he, as a political figure, did the deal internationally for the Jews long after the time had expired, what they call statutes of limitation. So he set a precedent for us to be able to get reparations. But what they're doing now is running people through the the course of technicalities. Well, we're going to have to take this case back to the state court because because of case so-and-so, this may be a procedural error, so now we're going to admit this person because they don't want the direct link to saying we have to set up a trust. So now, we, you don't, matter of fact, some of the stuff you are probably already know, black people aren't asking for, quote, individual payments. We're asking for reparations. Reparations, by definition, don't have to be monetary. What they have to be is something that gives recompense for continued oppression and tort. So once you do that, that means you can you can change it so my taxes are different for 20 years. You can change it so my, my rate on my home, uh, interest rate has to be five points lower than whatever the, the market is. There are a whole lot of things you can do to equalize wealth exactly. in that country. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to uh, just name it. Well, All right. Thanks a lot for you. A combination of those right. things. As a matter of fact, I told people that's really the only way we're going to be able to take advantage of vouchers 
as a minority, we're only 13% of the population. We don't have the capital to build these academies like white folks do and take tax credits. That can be part of reparations. These schools you're closing, bring them up to par, give them top-of-the-line uh, fiber optics and, and uh, teacher guarantees programs for black teachers to come in and teach actual history and black history for our culture. We don't have to worry about assimilation into your system. Give us the same opportunity you have. Those public school buildings you want to close and still are selling them off to try to make lofts out of them, give them back to the communities that have been here for 80 and 90 years. There's a whole lot of things that can be done with reparations. That's exactly why they're trying to stop it with technicalities. I do enjoy your show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Griffin. Uh, I've noticed that uh, you've fallen off of my uh, my chat room board Uh I will. I didn't want to hang up. If you want to continue to listen, I'll just mute you. Oh yeah, you can mute me because I, what I did, I was on the computer, but then when you told me to call in, I couldn't get it to work on the computer, so I had to use the phone. So oh. I actually had both of them. I didn't want to keep your line loaded with two inputs. <laughs> thank uh, you. No sir. problem. There's no problem. All right. Thanks All right. a lot for your call. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Otis Griffin. Um, very. It was. Uh, it wasn't the conversation I thought it would be. It's very, very informative and uh, a very good conversation. Uh, look, the 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 spectrum of a Mike Pence taking over for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is more corrosive, and I'll say that. Is Mike Pence the lesser of two evils? You're damn right he is. He is as evil as they come. He is as corrosive as they come. But he's better than Donald Trump. He doesn't have the lying charisma of a Donald Trump. He's a liar, oh yes. but he's a liar in the norm. Some of the things that Donald Trump has done, Mike Pence would never do or never attempt. So it's a slow walk. It's a slow march. It has to start somewhere. When you settle for the lesser of two evils, all you're getting is evil. I would have settled for the lesser of two evils, and that would have been Hillary Clinton. But without Hillary Clinton dismantling government, Donald Trump and his administration, they're dismantling government. They're totally destroying the infrastructure. Give it a name, be it the EPA, be it the Department of Education, be it the State Department, be it the FDA, the FCC, be it the financial watchdog groups from the Dodd-Frank and the, um, the financial, uh, what was it, C CFPD? They are destroying all of them. We are going back 
two, three decades and having to start over. And my entire point is this. We have three years left to weather this president. But if there is a Democratic House, there can be more damage done to a Republican Party who seems to be hell-bent on the destruction of this country, party over country. My point is simply this. Get Donald Trump out of office as soon as possible. Whether or not a Mike Pence replaces him, we will deal with that when he gets here. But just as so many people didn't want Hillary, and I keep asking, do you want Hillary now? Make America great again. And I've always said it. When was America ever great? If you don't fight, and if you don't fight in kind, if you take a knife to a gunfight, you will die every single time. And that's what Democrats do. They carry a feather pin and a thesaurus, and they're met with Weapons of War. The song, uh, and I just uploaded the song, and I'll uh, I'll go into a break because uh, oh, I definitely need a break at this point. Uh, and uh, one of my uh, favorite things that I listen, I well, I used to listen to. It's not a a music a favorite right now, but. Uh, it's so apropos. And uh, like I said, I, at this time, I'm going to take a very small break. Make your call. No matter what, know your values. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare a Show, home of Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare a Show is where we deal with the difficult, real, raw, right now. The I Declare a Show. Real, raw, right now, talk media. I Declare it. The I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and I declare it's real, raw, and right now. The I Declare Show with India Declare. Oh, 
Welcome back. Um, that's uh, I had to say, yeah, that, that's one of my soothing tunes, something that I uh, listen to when I want to chill. <laughs> okay. Back. Now, have a <laughs> Took my uh, top of the top of the hour break. Um, <laughs> took my uh, break at the top of the hour, or I would have faced dire consequences. Because um, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm not uh, too radio savvy. Let me put it like that. Um, this just in. I guess this came from the um, the uh, Pfizer report. Uh, but the Hill is reporting that uh, former Trump advisor called himself advisor to the Kremlin in a 2013 letter the time. Former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page referred to himself as an advisor to the staff of the Kremlin in 2013 letter to an academic publisher. Time reported Saturday. The publication reported that it obtained 2013 letters sent 
during a dispute about edits on a manuscript page had written. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'll simply say connecting the dots seems to be a trait only beneficial to Republicans. They can connect the these conspiracy doubts and all of the lies. They can hook all the lies up, but the truth seems to wane and, and float and drift because no one is willing to speak the magic words. And the magic words are, this man is an effing traitor. And his entire, his entire camp, his entire crew are traitors to this country. That includes every single Republican. You know, you can't continue. You can't be a Republican now without you own it. You own it. You are basically, this is who they are. And the argument can be made that they are also insurgents of the Kremlin, insurgents of the Russian government trying to destroy our democracy. Treason? Oh, hell yes, treason. Hell yes, treason. And one of, one of my biggest arguments, one of my biggest plugs was when this man was at his inauguration, he should have been faced with the with the site. You know, I know they have no fly zones over the White House and all of that, but uh, air sky writing is um, visible for miles and miles. And the sky writing should have read illegitimate traitor. That's what the sky writing should have read, illegitimate traitor, period. Period. And if the Democratic side had begun calling him an illegitimate traitor from day one, from day one, we wouldn't be where we are because the narrative would have been out there. Right now, Republicans, conservative media have controlled the narrative. And this is what we have. We have a man who can't the truth won't come out of his mouth, but he'll continue to speak the the lies that that seem to resonate with the rubes who voted him in the simple the simple uh fact is this: power is more important than country. The party of America and law and order have become the power and the party of the Kremlin. 929-477-2867 is a number you can reach me on. And and if you um, want to call, feel free to do so. 
Let me go back to the phone. I'm a little distracted here. 617-617, thank you for calling the Alpha Show, and welcome to TruthWorks Network. Six one seven, are you there? Good evening, Alpha. How are you? Uh oh, it's the boss. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be Janice, real how you short. doing? I really enjoyed your discussion with um, o- uh, Otis Griffin um, because I think that that is the kind of common sense processing that we all have to do. We, you know, sometimes we get too caught up in the complexities of some of this stuff and get lost and in getting lost we can't we can't seem to find a place in which to jump off in in either our response or in carrying uh a strategy forward but it's interesting and uh to hear uh, that Time Magazine, uh, The Hill is only reporting uh, what Time Magazine ha- uh, reported today on Carter Page. Um, most people who who are literate and can comprehend, which is, who is not uh, our president, understand that despite what our president tweeted today that he is not vindicated as a result of this crazy memo. And I have to say this, even a first-year house staff person shouldn't have, should have been able to construct a government document so much better than what we saw in this four pages of gibberish, of essentially convoluted summary of a huge document. Sometimes, and people in your audience may not know this, but sometimes it takes almost a year to 18 months to construct a a FISA application. And part of that is that... The court, the FISA court's requirements, standards, are so much higher than even what you would find in a criminal or civic or civil judiciary, uh, primarily because you are eliminating a portion of a citizen's right as a citizen to be free from surveillance. So essentially what you're doing is you are asking a court to give you the liberty of spying on an American citizen for some cause and it can't be a, a it, it it can't be uh, a position of we think. It has in the government, in all government actions and um, <clears throat> when you apply for something, when you present something, it has to be constructed in a way that you are not asking, but you are proving 
your point. So uh, I, I said all of that, but, but one of the things that the point that I really want to make here, well, there are two points, is for us to understand, especially for black people to understand, that as an oppressed people, we have not been given the privilege of the kind of standards uh, for surveying, like the Black Panthers, Martin Luther King, Jesse Jackson, um, uh, Marion Barry. All of our leaders have been under surveillance without the privilege of warrant, as you see in this case, in this in in the case of Carter Page, in the case of Paul Manafort, in the case of um, uh, Papadopoulos. But well, that's okay. They black. <laughs> I know. But here's my point. I can help it. My I can. point. My my point is, you have an administration and members of the Congress who have essentially offended at a very, very high level, people who work in the FBI and the CIA. And I just want to say this about that. These are some of the most competent and skilled investigators in the world. And an investigation is not about what you see on TV, what you see in The Wire, what you see um, in all of these dramas. Investigation is for everything that comes by, that comes up. You have a plan as to how to include that piece of the puzzle. So here is Donald Trump, money launderer, liar, conspirator, collusioner, uh, in every everything that we think. And he has the body of the best and the most formidable investigators in the world on his ass. So I think that eventually we will see, and I'm not talking about indictments, I'm not talking about um, uh, criminal charges, I'm talking about eventually we will see that Trump and his family, his business dealings, I mean, my, my first question was, why would such a corrupt, vulnerable person ever, ever run for the President of the United States. That's just too much exposure. The other... Yeah, yeah, gangster stupid. I mean, I'm sure that he's sitting somewhere eating a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken saying, what in the hell did I do to myself? And I think that to a certain extent, that's why his wife is so furious um, um, at him for bringing I, that ex- 
exposure to her. I don't want you to use. So, I don't want you to use eating a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken as a pejorative, okay? Okay, yeah, okay, I, I get you. But I, I, I think uh, that we really have to think: what kind of person brings on the heat of the entire FBI and CIA? Well, something else that uh, a Democratic House can do is subpoena his tax returns. Well, they're not going to do that. You know, the money laundering. Mm-hmm. Mueller doesn't have the power to subpoena his tax returns? Well, uh, Mueller does have that, and that's one of the reasons that they want to get somebody passed get rid of Rod Rosenstein and uh, get somebody in there that will limit uh, this investigation. I think that they learned from Comey, the firing of Comey, that that's not a good idea. But um, rather than fire him, then they're trying to discredit um, the the source and the work of uh, Mueller's team and the FBI and the CIA. But I, I, I think that we have to somehow understand that two, 2018, the midterms, is not in the bag. And the Dems, the Democrats may very well blow that. They, I, I mean, it's almost it's almost like this is not happening to them. And I, I'm reading that uh, Otis is bringing up Wilbur Ross and Mnuchin and, and Tillerson as principals in the Russian oil industry, and they need the pipeline, and that's why they need, and that's why they are there. Wilbur Ross was a co-director in a bank in the Ukraine, which means, you know, that's like being the president of the bank, a national Ukrainian bank. Tillerson was heading up uh, the effort to get the United States, as as the uh, president of Exxon, to get the United States to open up I can't I can't remember the name of the sea but it's a sea that has not had any drilling but it is full of oil so um these people are blatant Russia will exploit what they have learned about uh how to operate in this country and they will steal the elections in 2018, which is why you see people like Nunes and Matt Gates and and um, Bob Corrin and and Paul um, Paul Ryan. You see them scampering like ro- cockroaches all over the place to try to salvage this thing. In addition. Uh, I believe all of them uh, 
have a reason to participate in this cover-up. A monetary reason. Right. And you notice you notice that you haven't heard much from McConnell? Anybody? Well, where's he going? It, it, <laughs> hello? Turtle man better sit over in the corner. <laughs> and, and and you notice that you haven't heard much from, what's that lady, Kellyanne, whatever her name is? Kellyanne. Kellyanne Conway? Uh, Conway. Her husband is oh, in, a, in a law firm that, that represents so many of these figures that we hear in the Ukraine, in Saudi, in in um and in Russia. So this whole thing is so tainted, it is so rotten. It is, this administration is rotten to the core. And I think that we have to and I only I only call to just say that how how nuts it is. I would never do anything for the FBI to be on me about anything. Because the FBI, those investigators are so intense. Because before they talk to anybody, they know what they need those people to say. So um, I don't know how this is going to end, and I know I keep saying that. The only thing that I think that we have to con- we have to consider ourselves, and I don't want to change where you were going with this um, new revelation about Carter Page. Carter Page was clearly a target uh, of the uh, of the Kremlin and the Russian government to become an agent, but so was Donald Trump. And I believe they both were. Paul Manafort, clearly. Michael Flynn, clearly. And I don't know who's going to fold on who. But I, I, I absolutely agree with what Otis said earlier, and that is that if they come for Trump and they've got stuff on him and they will, and they are going to indict him for collusion, he will not go quietly in the night because he doesn't have any good sense. Well, it's not collusion. They'll come for him for conspiracy against America, not collusion. And, and they will come. They will come for him for money laundering. His, oh, real, his real estate records. His real estate records are very clear. So um, I can only laugh at this thing about this memo, but it also uh, is, Otis is right. It's going to take us years to get from under all of this. It would take a Congress who would be prepared at 100% to roll back Trump damage And I don't think we'll ever have that We've never had that So next week You can be prepared For this president To set it up So that there is another shutdown Of the government As long as the government is shut down Then FBI agents Can't work How convenient. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and, and we can be prepared for him to continue. Uh huh. He he's titillating North Korea. Right. He's hoping and, something will happen. Just like if, Tillerson last week. Mm-hmm. If push comes to shove, he'll launch. Yes. He don't give a, he don't give a damn about the millions that will die in South Korea. That's right. He don't give a damn. And the, let alone the how many soldiers have, do we have there in the, in the demilitarized zone and in that area? He don't give a damn. Right, right. I mean, look at what's happening. There's an ethic. There's a huge ethics scandal going on at HUD. Tillerson has gutted the State Department. There are no diplomats. And by the way, all of you who want to be a diplomat, you don't have to have any credentials or anything. You just can apply. But as as a 24, you can even run the drug agency. That's right. As a people, we've got to begin to think about two things. One is who is the governor? Because there will be a a huge mass rights in the next six to eight months. Then we've got to be concerned about how truly poor people are going to survive, not people who... Not people who have jobs where they can have two cars and a house or whatever. We've got to be worrying about housing and education and social services and medical and health care for our people. And that's what we've got to decide that we will be working on. And then, because I, you know, you don't even hear the progressives, the liberal, whoever those people are. You don't even hear them talking about calling for a constitutional convention. Well, you better not call you, for a you constitutional hear them ta- convention. You, you hear them hollering about because you a don't have the numbers. Crisis. Right. But the you but don't the have thing the numbers is, to if enough people, and I said this about Barack Obama, and I'll say it about Donald Trump. If enough people show up at the Congress, if enough people show up in Washington, just like all those women, uh, you know, the Women's March, if enough people, if you add another million or two people, two million, to that numbers, and they all show up in Washington, things will begin to change. Things will begin to change because the only currency that members of the Congress have are votes. You know, I, I listened to Tom Perez. He doesn't have a clue. He didn't have a clue in, in, you know, not a clue because I would have teams of people going into Trump country doing political academies under the name of Save Our Country or whatever the fuck, uh, doing education about the tax bill, about immigration and what it means for small agricultural businesses and farms. I, 
I mean, I just don't believe that we can't fight a propaganda machine. We have to have one of our own. Well, so, Alpha, I just, oh, I know, I, I just, you know, I have decided that um, the best thing as an individual I can do is to continue to um, provide sanctuary for our people to try to process all of this. And that's why we can, you and I continue to do talk radio and, you know, there might not be uh, 14,000 people ranting and raving. And this is why I don't support ranting and raving radio, because it doesn't help. We've got to do the proper analysis. And after the analysis, every solution has, I mean, if you think about it in terms of project management, in every, you know, my my goal has always been, since we've been on Internet radio, is to have a night where we're talking to people in Boston and New York about their local problems. Then on Tuesday night, we're talking to people in Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina. And then on Wednesday, we're talking to people from Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Alabama. And then on Thursday night, we're talking to people from Florida and someplace else and someplace else. And then the next week, and to keep going because our 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 we may be in different places as a people, but we're all facing the same problems. For instance, here in Boston, until activists begin to understand that when they make alliances, the alliances must be focused and targeted on real poor people, not some perceived kind of poor people that these people are dealing with. I'm talking about people who won't have a job. You know, Alpha, I just want I said I wasn't going to talk long, but I just want to tell you this. Yeah, well, you know I, knew, I, looked. I knew where that was going. I, I knew where that was going. I was on the bus. You know, I take public transportation because I believe in public transportation, and I don't oh, believe oh, in paying the TD North $27 a day for parking, even though oh, my employer would would subsidize most of that. But anyway, um, I was listening to a young black man. He must have been about 18, 19, 20. He had run into a friend. Did I tell you this already? He had run into a friend, and they were talking, and they were talking about uh, they hadn't seen each other for a long time. And, and she was telling him, well, you know, I have a baby, and my baby's like 18 months old. And he was saying, oh, yeah, um, who's the baby's daddy? And she said, who else? He says, I knew you would always have a baby by him. I, bl- I mean, and they were talking. The conversation was almost like I could understand the language, but I couldn't understand the language. The, the the way they were talking, they were talking about like I was saying to myself, Jesus Christ, is this? I, I, did I get on this bus and we went to another planet? They were talking no. nonsense as though it was serious. Well, it was. 
<laughs> I can, I can, uh, I can understand. And see, and you know, see, and, I the, and, and, and the assumptions uh, in the conversation, like she said, right. have you seen Pat? And and he said, no, Pat been up, locked up for about three years. He got fifteen years. I mean, they were, and uh, he got fifteen years because he robbed a bank out there in Austin and held a gun on a white woman, and that's how he got fifteen years. And then we're talking about, like, yeah, this is days of our lives. And it really is. You know, I, I just sometimes like that, I, I get I overwhelmed the by the lack of the lack of progress that we are making. And then I started on this bus listening to a whole bunch of different guys, and I'm saying we've got still generations of young adults who have never read a book. And some of them on that bus probably can't read. Thank God for audibles. <laughs> but but, but, but I, I think right. we have to I, I think we have to begin to do our assessment that includes everyone and all of the problems. And I I know that there would be people who would be overwhelmed about what can we do about that. That's an education problem because that kid that was talking would not be, I mean, and and he was just murdering words and his grammar was so bad. And, oh, my Lord, Jesus. You know, I got on the bus one night. I got on the, it was a it was a bunch of high schoolers and there was four or five of them. They got on the bus and they started clowning. They were just showing out for each other. And the bus driver asked them to to calm down and and so I looked up at them and said, "You know what? People on this bus expect you to behave the way you behave." And I know you know better because you just came from school. So you need to correct yourself because you're repping for a lot of other people. Calm the hell down before I ask this bus driver to put your ass off and you can walk home. And they calmed down, and everybody, I, I think everybody in the bus was ready for to, to, to applaud me. But when I got off, I said the bus driver said to me, "Thank you for saying something," because they were really out of control. But they were—you could tell—they were kids whose parents sent them to school and expect them to do something, and they were just showing out for each other. So, I think that what we have to do is we have to go to the source of the problem. We can't keep generation after generation ignoring uh, or pretending or deluding ourselves that these are not the kind of problems that get have us in the situation where there is not one thought about wealth building. There is not one thought about ex- educational excellence, that there is not one thought about leadership 
You know, I call my grandson every morning on his way to school, and I say to him, where is greatness? And he always says, on the way to school, Nani, on the way to school. (laughs) I mean, he goes along with me, but at some point it's going to come to him what that means. Because when he walks into my house, I say, where is greatness? And he says, I'm here. And that's what we need to be doing. But we don't have, we don't have that infused. So we get distracted by midterms in 2018 more than we get distracted by these kinds of problems that's in front of us that are real impediments that become our inability to capture what we need to move forward. So thank you, Alpha, for letting me get that off my chest. But I'm so glad they're on to Carter Page because Carter Page will lead them, I mean, the architects of this whole thing is Vladimir Putin, who said to Donald Trump, I will do this for you, this is the quid pro quo, and here are your tools, Carter Page, Paul Manafort, the Papadopoulos man, um, and you have to pick up Wilbur Ross, Mnuchin, and um, here are the things that you have to do. And I, I really, in defense of Steve Bannon, I, I believe he's probably the only person that was in the White House that wasn't going along with this stuff because he's a white nationalist. He didn't care about no damn Russians. He don't care about who gets rich. He cares about how to make America white again and all things for rich people and and, and ethnic cleansing. Okay, also, I got to go. I'm exhausted myself. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for your call. And thank you for okay, your input. I'm, I'm listening for your your response. And thanks for a good show. Bye-bye. All right, Janice Graham, uh, the boss. I call her the boss because she is the CEO of True Forge Network that I broadcast from here at the Alpha Show, uh, and a very good friend. Uh, Janice is right. She's absolutely right. There is more than one approach. We are been we are being attacked from multiple, we're being attacked with the lack of the miseducation. Our miseducation is a huge negative. It's our downfall of being people of color in America. And that's one thing. The political spectrum is another. We have to be able to do more than one thing at a time. We have to be able to give the priority to 
more than one thing because this is what these rich, funded think tanks do. ALEC, Heritage Foundation, American American whatever institute, and go down the line. All of them perpetuate this attack on who the poor are, what the poor need, and how to keep them from getting it. The income inequality of the whole nine yards, our own progress on our education, on our learning of our history, and the whole nine yards, it's that's a whole nother subject. That's a that's a different different horse to ride. Because I'll tell you like this if we don't get our get a hold on that along with the politics none of this will matter none of this will be able to be called into question it will go down as perceptive as the norm and that's what we must avoid educating young black people is one thing educating old black people is something else it's the old black people trouble reaching young people you can kind of slow walk to that process through that process because the young people a light bulb will go off in their head. But old people who have accepted the Bible of their oppressor, old people who you really can't tell them anything because they've done everything. They know everything. And I would be remiss if I didn't beat the drum on black history. Now. Black inventors black products that black people have invented down through the years on my Facebook page on the Alpha Show and on Truth Works Network there is a montage and this happens to be the montage and the quick story the quick story of the 700-year rule of the Moor who brought civilization to the Europeans and to Western civilization. And you hear people, ignorant bigots like the Stephen King congressman in Iowa, saying that the white man was responsible for the Western civilization and the European civilization when actually it was the Moors. And like Black History Month, is upon us, and today three, every month should be Black History Month. The inventor Frederick Jones in 1949, he invented the air conditioner unit. In 1791, damn, this writing is so small. Benjamin, is that Benjamin Banneker? He invented the almanac. Granville T. Woods in 1839 
invented the auto cutoff switch. George Cook in 1899 invented the auto fishing device. Walter H. Richards, Richard W. My eyes are getting bad. I'm getting old. 65 is not old. <laughs> he invented the baby book. There is an entire list. And I will also put that list up on the page of TruthWorks Network and the Alpha Show because the list is long. The list is, has things like the lawn sprinkler, the lantern, lemon squeeze, locks, Lubricating cup, mailbox, mop, peanut butter, pencil sharpeners, invented by blacks, golf tee, gas man, furniture cleaner, invented by black people. So with Black History Month upon us, and every year, every year, Every month of the year should be Black History Month because there is so much to catch up on as far as the education of black people. Our youth are being miseducated as I was, as my children were, as my grandchildren were, and as my grandparents and my mother were, all miseducated. It's the victor that gets to tell the story and write the history. We failed miserably when we accepted the Bible of our oppressor. Because once we had that Bible, look at the churches. Just damn. (laughs) Hallelujah, my ass. What have we done? What have we gotten into? The churches across the nation seem to be laced with the underlying current of bigotry. The Bible itself was not our book, nor was it our book to read, let alone accept. There are certain truths that are similar in all religions. But this ain't one of them. This ain't one of them. The need to educate our youth can only be side by side with the need to educate our elderly and the people who have been successfully indoctrinated, assimilated, because that's what we're witnessing now. That's why it is such a dire, dire problem right now. That's why we're in such dire straits. We start at a disadvantage. Because instead of 
telling the truth and telling the tale. We should be educating and telling the truth and telling the tale. But we can, it's like we can only do one thing. We can only walk. We can't chew gum. The miseducation is so rotten in our culture that we have a product that produces babies, that babies produce babies. And the bloodline of ignorance continues. Let us not try to dance on it. Let us simply try to do more than one thing at once. We don't have to be a party to miseducation any longer. We have the craft of social media along with all of the other modern communication devices. Unfortunately, so does Russia. There are are Russians in the wire. (laughs) Absolutely. And just as, if you notice, they push back immediately. And they push back hard. And more than one person pushes back. We don't do that, not as progressives, not as black people, not as Democrats. They say what they say, and it becomes perceptive. They repeat their lies enough that they become their truths. We have allowed it for so long. The question has to be raised. Can we ever get out from under? Can we ever see a time when this will not be what we have right now. This will won't this will not stand. But right now, not only is it standing, it's standing tall. Because people in need are in disarray. The reason that poor people are where they are now is because of the this education, the disparaging Uh, lack of opportunity and the full-throated acceptance of what they've given us and what we accept. All the while they beat us back with our belief in their Bible and in their God. I've seen too many of my black friends of a white Jesus and say, if you're not afraid to have him on your wall, Share and write. It don't work like that. That's not how any of this works. And that shouldn't be how any of this works. I'll tell you again. Now, let me get very close to closing all of this out. Because I'll be back next week. You will... Hear from me. This is not just this is not just a, something that I do, something that I 
take lightly. This is something that has to be repeated and said. The truth must be spoken more than once. Never trust someone who lies to you and never lie to someone who trusts you. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Good evening, everyone. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. And so is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best of political pushback. Just dance.